God bless you as we seek the Lord together for the year 2022. This is STL 22. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for blessing us with this day. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love and your kindness, Lord. And um, I ask and we ask that you would speak to us, that you would help us, that you would strengthen us to apply everything that will be taught in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, we love you and we say, speak, Lord, because your servants are listening. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for blessing us with another day. We thank him for his faithfulness and how good he is. And um, we thank him for this opportunity to seek the Lord and these messages that we've been getting throughout the week and the message that we get on Saturday and the extra message or the Bible study that we get on Tuesday. I um, thank the Lord for everything that he is doing and producing through this ministry. And I also thank him for the way it is affecting you. And prayerfully in the name of Jesus, it is positively affecting you, bringing you closer to him, causing you to um, want to pray more and find out what he wants from you, what he wants you to change, what he wants you to sacrifice as an individual um, even I pray that we're pulling that and gathering that from we need to talk and change and the Esther season that um, things in our life are seasonal. OK, and that's an important um, detail to note as we get into this message today, that things are seasonal and even sometimes the convictions that we have will be seasonal. Um, sometimes they won't. Sometimes the season will just last for our entire life. I definitely received an email from someone who was like, listen, everything that you've taught, you know, it resonated with my spouse and I, and it's something that the Lord actually told us to do. And it's for us, you know? So, um, and that came with change. So, um, as we are growing in the Lord and the Lord is working on us, he is taking away things and he is adding things to us. Um, and it's all a part of his process as we grow in him and we get to that ultimate space we are to be in, that place that he ordained us to be, the character he wants us to have, um, the way he wants us to present ourselves when we get there. It, it's all working together. Um, for our good and also for God's sovereign purposes. Amen. Amen. So um, I want to um, bring this concept of change and sacrifice and even loss to you um, because in scripture we see these things used and they are like this prophetic precursor that lets you know that God is about to release something into this person's life or do something for this person that has never been done for them before. Okay. So before there's any type of gain or promotion or glorification, um, before you get to that quote throne or before you get to that um, place that has been prophesied to you, before you get to the place that you, you want to be and you're praying to be and before you know you get that real estate license or you flip that first house or um, before you get married or before you have those children or before you start that ministry or before you take your prayer life to, you know, 10,000, that, that level all the way up there, um, before you are promoted, 
right? There will be areas of sacrifice and areas of loss. And this is the part that causes the struggle because we fight against this part. When the Lord is telling us to give things up, to let things go, to sacrifice things, we don't want to do it. We like our stuff, okay? And we don't understand why we can't have everything that we want, why we can't have it all. Why can't I have all of my past relationships, all of my my my, my past wardrobe and you know my past um, friendships and my past ways and why can't I take everything with me? Okay, we want to hold on to everything. Um, but before we receive that promotion and we see this in scripture all the time, um, there is a levels of sacrifice and loss that we have to experience. Um, we see this dynamic played out in the lives of so many people in the Bible. We see it in the life of Noah um, that, I mean, literally everybody he knew, except for his children, their spouses and his spouse. Everybody else had to go. But this is um, it was for God's sovereign purposes to come about. And of course, um, Noah was found to be righteous and he did what he did. And he did have to lose a lot, but he gained a lot. We see this in the life of Abraham. We see this dynamic at play in his life where he has to literally leave his family, leave his inheritance and go to a place. And he didn't even know where this place was. Okay. He just had to trust God along the journey. And I want you to know that, that if God is telling you to leave a situation, move on from a situation and you're like, but God, I don't have all the details. I don't know where you want me to go. <laughs> God will tell you on the way there. We have to stop reading the Bible and thinking that these are just good inspirational stories and realize that in many regards, God is giving us a blueprint. Okay. So, um, also we see this at play in the life of Isaac. So when his mother died, he was very sad, but what ended up happening as a result of her death, he received a wife. The reason why the servant went out to get Rebecca was because Isaac had lost his mother and he was grieving very sorely. And even when um, they, they came back, when Rebecca and the servant and the people that were with them came back, Isaac was in a field. He was um, by that well that Hagar um, was by and he was meditating, it says. And so he probably was spending time with the Lord there. Um, he was saddened during this season in his life. He had lost someone very dear to him. And through that loss came this gain. Okay. Um, Jacob, same thing with him. Um, Joseph, same thing with him. Moses, same thing with him. David, same thing with him. Elisha, same thing with him. Jesus, the same thing with him. The apostles and the early Christians, the same thing. This concept of sacrificing and receiving some type of promotion um, is, is very consistent. And the Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who, um, you know, being God, didn't think that was the treasure, but he gave that up and he lowered himself and he humbled himself, right? He gave up where he was, but then it goes on to say, wherefore hath God highly exalted him? So when we give things up and when we choose to sacrifice things and when we lose things, we have to understand that at some point we are getting our 
things back. And when we get it back, it's going to be sanctified. It's going to be purified. It's going to be washed. It's going to be restored sevenfold. It's going to be given to us double. We see this dynamic at play in the life of Job that he lost everything. He lost just about everything except his wife. Okay. And, um, he eventually though, got more stuff. I'm like literally everything he lost, he got it back. And so sometimes in our lives, we're losing stuff and things are being taken from us and relationships are being shattered. And we have to walk away from that job. And we come up with these issues in our health. And these are things that we see happen with Job. Our source of income is completely taken away from us. Our health is stolen from us. Our loved ones, our family members, um, you know, we have to end those relationships. Prayerfully, nobody has passed away, okay, in your life. But I'm just saying, um, we lose value, things that were valuable to us, relationships that were valuable to us, um, ways and things that were valuable to us. We lose those things. And sometimes they are not just taken from us. God calls us to willingly give those things up. Okay. And so when he begins to tell us, listen, I want you to stop talking to these people. I want you to stop checking on these people. I want you to leave them alone. I want you to stop wearing that. I want you to stop doing things this way. I want you to stop doing things that way. We get shaken up and we're like, but why, you know, how am I going to do this? This is hard, but we're not thinking that this is not hard. Let's not think about it in that way. Even though sometimes it does feel um, very difficult. Let's think about it as a specific type of process. And this is the process that precedes your promotion. And so we can't think that far ahead sometimes because literally, and I'm not being funny, we're in our feelings. Like we're so deep in our feelings that we can't see past where we are. All we know is that this hurts. This is difficult. This is awkward. This is uncomfortable. We feel ashamed. We feel embarrassed and we're not planning for our future. So if God told you to leave one thing and you know you received that prophetic word for that ministry, then when you have put that thing down, don't sit around moping over it, crying over it, seeing how you can kind of intermingle with it sometimes and all that stuff. Put that thing down and start getting prepared for the ministry. Do you understand that that time is not to be um, a time of fear and a time of despair, but it's supposed to be a time of preparation? as we see in the life of Esther. Okay. God tells us to, um, you know, leave our job. And instead of us saying, okay, Lord, I, I know that the, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. So show me because you have shown me that I will live this kind of way, or you've sent people to tell me that this is coming into my life. Begin to show me, Lord, how I get from this season of transition into this season of manifestation according um, to your perfect will for me, Jesus. And in these seasons, we have to learn how to speak. Speaking of manifestation, let me tell you all something. Satan has really taught his people, and we're going to get into this conversation um, that the Lord wants me to have with his people. But Satan has really taught his people kingdom dynamics that we don't even grasp at. So check this out. I saw this um, young lady and she said, how I changed my nose without a nose job. She had her before pictures. She had her after pictures. Her nose was completely different. Okay. 
not the same nose. It was completely different. And she was about, she was a young woman. I mean, if she was out of her teenage years, I would be surprised. Absolutely beautiful young woman. So she shows her pictures and she says, this is how my nose was. This is how my nose is. This is how it was, you know, a couple of years after these pictures were taken. So she shows you the picture. She says, this is me when I'm like 12, 13, 14. This is me when I'm 16, 17, 18. She says she had a list of things she did. Her number one thing on the list that she did was manifesting which was speaking it into existence by this new age concept called the law of attraction. If you speak it and believe it, it's going to happen for you. Now we've been saying this in scripture. This has been scriptural standards. Um, I mean, this is just, this is how God works. This is not just scriptural standards. This is spiritual law. And so they pull on these spiritual truths that death and life is still in the power of the tongue of this person who has been created in the image of God and they know how to use it. And she used it so effectively that she actually changed her nose and she didn't claim to be a witch or anything. As a matter of fact, number two, she said, was well, she did nose exercises, but listen to what she said. She said, number two would not have worked if I didn't do number one. If I wasn't speaking it, it didn't matter what I was going to do, what actions I was going to take. It wasn't going to happen. Let me tell y'all something. We really need to become a Bible believing church. When you believe something, you act on it. You defend that thing and no one can tell you anything different. We don't really believe. By the fruit that we bear, some of us can say, you know what? I believe some of it, but not all of it. Because let me tell y'all something. If we can all look outside and see that the sky is blue, and we know that for sure. If someone comes and they say, hey, this, the, the sky is actually, it's really red. You're seeing right No, I know what I see. I know what I believe. And I'm always going to uphold that truth. The sky is blue. I don't care what you say. And this is how we need to be as Christians. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what that person says. I don't care what my boss says. I don't care what my family says. I don't care what my spouse says. If it's against me, okay, I'm not going to let it stop me. Of course, you care about what your spouse says. Love your spouse. Y'all are y'all are best friends. Y'all on the same team. Don't fight with each other. Amen. Amen. Let me pull that spouse one out. Don't Not the spouse. But anybody, you don't, you don't allow the words of what people are saying to stop you from believing what you believe in, um, to stop you from professing what you want to be true. I'm telling you, we have the power to speak things into existence. How? By speaking life to things. Listen to this. The God whom we serve, whose body we are a part of, he created all things by things which don't exist. So if I'm a part of his body, then that means I am operating in that same glorious power. Okay. So I want y'all to know everything I'm telling y'all, this is straight up Bible. Speak it, believe it and work towards it. Okay. And it will materialize. Amen. Let me read that. Let me read it in uh, Hebrews 11 and verse one. Let me go there. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Listen to this. 
Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Okay. So the first trees that were made were not created through other trees. There was no tree in existence. God spoke it. Okay. And this is the power that we are supposed to operate in as his children, as having dominion. And we had dominion over all natural things. He gave that to us in the garden. Now through Jesus Christ, we also have dominion over spiritual things. Come on, y'all. So when God is telling us to give it up, we give it up and we say, I'm going to get better. God is going to give me double. Not because I'm trying to use him or manipulate him, but because this is the way he treats his children in scripture. He knows what we need and he's going to provide it for us. He has good things for me. He knows how to bless me. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all I can ask or think. He will supply all of my needs according to his glorious riches. That's it. That's the truth. And so what the enemy wants you to do is to look at your circumstances and not, not think like somebody who is a part of the body of Christ with Christ literally being your head. If we can even get into what that means, that means you are every movement that you make, every choice that you make, everything that you do is guided by the head. Okay. Everything that comes out of your mouth should first be filtered through the word of God. Does this align or is this against? Does this align or does this oppose? Okay. So a lot of the times the things that the enemy will have us to say are opposing, not just God's process in our life, but also us. Okay. We're opposing our own selves. And we say things like this will never happen for me. We say things like, I can't see that. I don't know how God is going to do it. Excellent. Listen, add on to it. I don't know how God is going to do it, but he's going to do it. Come on. The Bible says that he shall help her in that right early. So he's going to help me and he's going to do it early. God is going to bless me and he's going to do it suddenly. Hallelujah. Just like he did with Esther. She may have had to lose some things. She may have been in a low state, but God took her up according to his sovereign purposes. Hallelujah. And if anybody wants to know why you, because God said so, that's why. And tell them to go ahead on and see what God is saying about them. Because he has beautiful, perfect plans for all of us. Amen. So through this, um, the principle is revealed. There is no promotion or glorification without their first being lost or sacrificed. Everything that we've seen in the life of Moses with him having to sit in that desert for 40 years and in the life of David with him having to sit in that cave for about 15 years in the life of Elisha, how he had to lose the one that he served and who else was he with after that? Um, in the life of Abraham, we see this in the life of Jesus. We see this principle revealed that there is no promotion or glorification without their first being lost or sacrifice. Meaning if you want to go up higher, you have to let things go. Okay. Um, in short, if the Lord is going to take you up higher, you have to 
let some things go. You ascend more quickly without the attachment of things which don't have the capacity to survive at the altitude you've been sanctioned to. God has sanctioned you to a certain um, atmosphere, uh, altitude, and uh, place and realm of operation. God says, I want you up here. I want you thinking from this high place. I want you operating and functioning from this high place. I want your character to be influenced by this high place. Remember, we have this high call, right? So um, there are some people, there are some things, there are some jobs, there are some distractions in our life that have not been equipped to withstand the pressure of that altitude. Do you understand? That's for you. That's for you for what you've gone through. That's for you because you've willingly sacrificed. Now you can survive in that place. And a lot of the things that you were with and comfortable with and able to coexist with when you were in a lower place, they're not elected to go up higher with you. They're not sanctioned with you. What happens is when you get up there, God blesses you with um, things that match your level. Okay. So we have to be willing to let certain mindsets go, let certain aspirations go. Y'all, I used to have um, aspirations for a different career. I used to have aspirations for this or that. I had to willingly lay those things down so that I could go up higher and up higher can't really see exactly what is going to be there. But I'll find out when I get there and whatever I had to willingly leave down wherever, I will get it back, double, higher, sanctified, more powerful, more resistant when I move up higher. So think about everything extra that you're carrying in your life. How can you go up with those things? Whether they are emotional issues, dead relationships, dysfunctional relationships, um, jobs that you're not supposed to be at anymore, locations and regions that you're no longer called to. How can you go higher in your missed place? You're not even ascending from the right place. You have to be willing to let things go. If you want to go up higher, you have to be willing to lose some things. If we're operating according to the, the example given us to Jesus Christ, if we, if we want to gain some things, if we want it to be said about us, wherefore God has highly exalted them, this person, you, and you have to know that what preceded that exaltation was um, humble sacrifice. Amen. Um, so there are a couple of reasons why we don't want to let go. There are a couple of reasons why we don't want to let go of our um, feelings that cannot go with a with us higher. Um, we don't want to let go of certain relationships. We don't want to let go of um, certain desires or ways of being, ways of existence, um, jobs, career paths, things that we just, we don't want to let go of. And there's a couple of reasons. Um, so one reason we don't want to let go of the people who are, have been placed in our lives or we've put in our lives is because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. We have a million excuses as to why we can't give that thing up. And we keep waiting saying, God, you do it. God, you do it. And God is looking at you like you do it because I told you not to do that in the first place. Hello, somebody. That relationship wasn't sanctioned by me in the first place. And just like you disobeyed me and walked into it, I need you to do what you know is right and walk out of it. And then I'll give you the strength to keep going. I'll heal you. I'll love on you. But 
You have to get yourself out of that. Where did I get that from? My own life. Okay. <laughs> That's something, um, that we have to learn every relationship that we get into. No, it's not sanctioned by God. And what we have to do is stop looking at him saying, pull me out, pull me out. God is like, I never put you in. You get out. You don't want it anymore. Step out of it. And then we can keep moving from there. Okay. Sometimes we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings though. They say, oh no, you know, I don't want to hurt them. Oh no. What are they going to do? Oh no. What are we going to do? Oh no. And all that we have so many different excuses, but, um, it's just really, and just that, like an excuse, um, for not letting go and trusting God completely with our future. We all want better. Most of us, we should, if we don't want more, we want to see the glory of God in our life. We want to live free. We want to live liberated, but we have to be willing to let go of the things that are killing us. We have to be willing to let go of the things that are holding us back. We have to be willing to let go of the things that are distracting us. We have to be willing to let go of the things that are hurting us. We have to be willing to let go, check this out, of the things which are no longer profitable for us. There is a time and a season for everything under the sun, my dear siblings in Christ. And everything is not always going to be the same way in your life. And you have to be willing and ready to shift with God and say, okay, God, if this is not it anymore, amen. Strengthen me as I move forward and let's do this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I'm going to get in this word and I'm going to see what my next steps should be. I'm going to get into prayer. I'm going to fast. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to see the next thing that I should do. Another reason why we don't want to let go is fear of the unknown. We don't know what we're letting go for. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if we're going to get another relationship. We don't know if we're going to get a better job. I want you to know that God always can do better for you than you've done for yourself. So if that's a relationship that you were in, let me tell you something. God has someone way better for you, but you're not going to be able to see it if you're not willing to let it go. God has a source of income way better for you, but you're not going to be able to get there if you don't let whatever you're doing now go. We want to do it in the most convenient way. We want to do it nice and slow and all that stuff, but that's not the way God wants us to do it. He wants us to trust him just like that. Just trust me. If I said it, just do it. Another reason why we don't want to let go is because we have this sense of unworthiness. Some of us are insecure. We don't know what we deserve. Some of us literally feel like, you know what? This is just how life is. And you just feel like this is it. Life will end that way. Um, some of you feel unworthy that it can't be you or, you know, certain things are just not going to happen in your life. Like, you know, you'll never live like that. You'll, you'll never have those type of experiences. You'll, you'll never have that type of spouse. You know, you'll never have that type of life. You'll never have that type of income. You know, um, God wouldn't do that for you. That's not the truth. God wants to do it for you, but you have to obey him. Okay. Um, so that sense of unworthiness, you have to let it go because it doesn't align with scripture. You have to speak what the Bible says. You are worthy. You've received the spirit of adoption. You are a holy nation. You are a royal priesthood. What don't you deserve? Hallelujah. You are being conformed to the image of Christ. You are now a son or daughter of God. Yeah, that's for you. There are just some things that's for you that you can have. Don't tell me that Satan is supposed to have his people living and enjoying their lives and the saints are supposed to be miserable and just um, get to heaven. 
God wants you to enjoy your life. He says, I've come that you would have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. He's come to give us a more abundant life. He's come to, um, uh, bring us to the father, reconcile us. We have this great natural and spiritual existence through Jesus Christ. Okay. So we have to drop that sense of unworthiness and we have to begin to think according to the word of God. Remember he's the head. We have to use his word to filter our thoughts. Okay. And what's about to come out of our mouth. If it doesn't align with the, with the head, then it should not align with you. And another reason we don't want to let go of what we have and what we've accumulated um, that God didn't give us is because we don't have any vision. Now, this one, it may seem kind of um, cliche, but it's very dangerous. If you can't see it for yourself, it's very dangerous. If all you can see is what you have and you can't envision anything better, anything higher, anything different, then you will keep yourself perpetually in the same place because that's all that that's as far as your imagination goes. Where you are at this moment is as far as it goes for you. It's as deep as it goes for you. And it's kind of like God has to drag you forward and pull you forward. You're not going to want to let go because you can't see anything. You can't see anything for the future. So one reason why we don't let go is because we don't have any vision. You, you're not saying, okay, yeah, I'm going to leave this job. And you know what? I'm going to start working on this degree. Or I'm going to start working on that certification. Or I'm going to start working on that license. And I'm going to start doing research about this, that, or the third. Or, okay, I'm going to leave everything for now. And um, I'm going to start studying this word because I know God has a great call in my life. And that's why he's telling me to separate from everything and everyone. So I'm going to start studying this word. I'm really going to build myself up in prayer. I'm going to reject every distraction. You don't have any vision. You can't see past what's going on currently in your life. So um, that is another reason why you have a hard time or don't want to let go of what you have now, because what you have now is all you can see. But beloved, I beseech you to begin to see different things for yourself. Begin to see a different living situation for yourself. Begin to see yourself being able to pray for hours. And then guess what? Train yourself to get there. Say, okay, today I'm praying for a half an hour. And then a month from now, I'm going to pray for 45 minutes. And then two months from now, I'm going to start praying for an hour and I'm going to get right into that groove. It's like when you're working out, okay, you may have to start with like a 15 minute workout, but you know, eventually your body will get accustomed to that and it'll start asking you for more. Okay. It may take a month. It may take a month and a half where you say, you know what? I think I could push it to like 25 minutes now. Okay. Think about when you're training yourself to run. Let me tell you something. You have to make sure you got to build up to it. Okay. You, you, you have to build up to being a, a runner. And, um, it's the same thing with other goals that you want to accomplish in life, including your spiritual goals. Okay. You have to build up to it. So you say, okay, I want to pray long. So every so often when I feel like it, I'm not going to limit myself to an hour now, just because I've learned how to pray for an hour and I've disciplined myself how to do it. I'm not going to restrict myself to an hour. If I feel the spirit of the Lord beseeching me to continue to pray, I'm going to keep praying. Okay. And you'll be surprised. You'll end up in your prayer closet for hours, but you have to train yourself. And that comes with discipline. And that also comes with consistency. Remember those two words as you're being processed discipline and consistency. You're not doing anything, um, you know, out of works or anything like that. You're doing this out of love, but I want you to remember that Paul compares Timothy to a runner. 
Okay. He compares him to a runner, a soldier, and a farmer. Amen. So, um, we are in a race. Okay. And I want you to learn how to exercise your muscles so that you can run more effectively. You have to teach yourself how to pray. You have to teach yourself how to fast. And those things come with time and building up um, yourself uh, spiritually and naturally. And I'm um, learning where you are and what you're capable of or what certain seasons require of you. You know, there may be a season where you need something that doesn't require a 40 day juice fast or a 40 day smoothie fast. That thing may require a seven day dry fast or a five day water fast. You have to start learning, you know, different things for different seasons. And guess what? That comes with experience. So no, as you're giving things up, you're not just sitting around trying to figure out what to do next. You are trusting God and you are pressing in. And so I pray this for you right now and say this for yourself. God, restore my vision in the name of Jesus. Enable me to see the future you've ordained for me and impart into me everything I need to get there. Amen. That's it. You need your vision restored. You need vision given to you. If not, you won't want to let go of what you see and what you have. This will be about the best job. This will be about the best relationship. This will be about the best house. This will be about the best prayer life. But God has more. He has more. It's just a matter of whether you want it or not, believe it or not, can see it or not. Amen. So when we decide to let go and sacrifice, um, we literally set off a domino effect with this chain of events, which will cause us to eventually collide with that God sent irresistible force. We learned is called destiny. When we start letting go, don't, uh, don't tell me that you let go of your relationship a week ago. And now all of a sudden you want um, Boaz or Ahasuerus to come knocking on your door. No, no. First of all, focus on Jesus. This is how you get prepared for those greater relationships. You focus on Jesus. You allow him to pour into you. You allow him to impart into you. And you take the crucial and vital time of him showing you how to be loved and who and what a man is and what to expect from a man that you will let into your life. Allow him to teach you and train you. A lot of us start getting lonely. Listen, it happens. I want you to press in, press into the presence of God, press in into your prayer closet. Every time you feel the Lord calling you into prayer, go into prayer. Okay. Don't let anything stop you from accomplishing and achieving whatever it is that God has set before you to accomplish and achieve. There will be like a domino effect of events. So check this out. Esther lost her parents. She's in this low state. She doesn't even know that there is a, this domino effect that's about to happen. That Vashti, for whatever reason, is not going to want to answer when the king calls. And she's going to be kicked out. Here's the domino effect. And the king is going to be sad. Here's another domino falling. And his servants are going to say, let us get you some beautiful young virgins. Another domino just fell. His officers go out and get her another domino effect. She goes through her process of preparation, deliverance, purification. 
and whatever scraping and rubbing she had to go through to be prepared, to be purged, and to be fit to be presented before the king. All of these dominoes effect, domino effects, the favor that she received, the, the, um, as she was being prepared, all that stuff, another domino was just falling and falling. She goes into the king. There it is. She's in her place. And, um, she is able to preserve, be used by God to preserve her people. Okay. Amen. So that was a domino effect. And guess what? That is literally happening in your life, but you have to make that first move, kick out that little first foot. That's going to set off that first domino, cause that first one to fall. And you will see that God has this beautiful chain of events that will take place in your life that will lead you from one place to the next. He'll lead you from one circumstance to the next circumstance. Things will be going on in people's lives who you don't even know, or you don't even know them personally. People will be um, removed from their lives. A need will be um, made or, um, conceived in their life. And there you go. You'll be presented right there. So we thank the Lord for that. We thank God for his process. I want you to know that there is something in this, in this for you. There is an expected end. There's gain for you, but first you have to be willing to let go. We can't be afraid of losing what God uh, didn't give us. You got to be willing to give that up because guess what? There's better for you. There's a better person. There's a better job. There's a better dynamic in your family. There's better for you. You have to see it. You have to want it. You have to believe it. And you have to trust God throughout this process. Trust him. Okay. I love you all. Um, and God bless you. And you all are awesome. I pray that you feel awesome. And Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. You're so good, so perfect, so holy, so wonderful. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And I seal every word spoken with the blood of Jesus. And I cancel every satanic and witchcraft attack of backlash and retaliation in the name of Jesus. I decree this word will not be stolen. It will be received in the name of Jesus. Y'all receive it because that's where that's when it becomes powerful in your life. The word of God is powerful, but until you receive it, it's not really going to bear any power in your life. You have to receive it and believe it. Okay. Or you just, I mean, you have to receive this. Okay. The word of God is true. There's a whole bunch of people walking around and the word of God is still true, but they're not able to live in the truth of God's word because they don't receive it or believe it. You receive it, believe it, and apply it to your life. We thank the Lord for his ways. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.